May God be in our speaking, our listening and all the spaces in between. I bring you greetings from Emmanuel West Hampstead. It is a joy to be with you today on this great feast of the Epiphany. Epiphany, of course, isn't just one feast day. It is an entire season where the church gives us time to reflect on those specific times and ways in which Christ's divinity was most clearly revealed within his earthly ministry. So we'll hear again over these coming weeks those stories that we know so well. The first miracle of Jesus at the wedding in Cana and his baptism by John in the River Jordan. So today, the story of the Magi is the first of these three theophanies. It's a story of dreamers and scholars. It is a melancholic story of mystery and transformation, of the unexpected, a story in which there is always more room for wandering to be done. And it should be no surprise to us that it is St Matthew who chooses to tell this particular story of Christ's nativity. St Matthew who is so concerned with the ways in which Jesus comes to fulfil the messianic hopes of God's people, who right at the beginning of his gospel uses the Magi to describe the way in which all the nations of the world will, in Jesus Christ, be brought into that light that Israel shines forth. And this Messiah, says Matthew, is not just of significance to the human world, but will impact the whole of creation the same love that created and moves the stars and the sun is the love that is that child laid in a manger in Bethlehem. So the story of the Magi also tells us something deeply significant for our faith and the very way that we do theology, which is the stars, along with the whole of the natural order, have the capacity to tell something of the truth of God. Benedict XVI spoke of it as the cosmos being threaded through with the language of creation. But this is a language, said Benedict, like all languages, that requires interpretation. And if you're looking for an example of what that interpretation might look like, well, says St Matthew, it looks a lot like the Magi. The Magi were, at the best guess of New Testament scholars, a priestly class, possibly Zoroastrian from Persia, known for their astrology and astronomy. And perhaps to our 21st century ears here in London, that makes the Magi sound terribly mystical and awfully exciting. And maybe they were. But I wonder. I wonder because though I am no scientist... Even I know that to chart stars and to plot positions of the night sky actually involves a lot of complicated maths and a lot of complicated filing. To have the kind of knowledge that the Magi would have required means that you really need to know your way around an archive. To see that epiphany star, our Magi would not just be resting on their own knowledge, But in the best ways of academics the world round, they would have been packed full of the knowledge of generations of scholars before them. Our magi were archivists. They were scholars and scientists. 
Their work would have involved imagination and intuition, but this imagination and intuition would have been built on quiet, determined, solid scholarship. So these are not the most obvious people to gather themselves up and to embark on an adventure, to be the emissaries not just of themselves, but all those whose work they have built on. And it is clear by the fact they end up in Jerusalem, not Bethlehem, a palace, not the back end of beyond, that they don't actually know what it is they are going to meet. It is a step into the uncharted for them, these men who have potentially spent their lives charting everything. It is uncharted for them both geographically and spiritually. They don't know what or who they will meet, but what they do know is that it is a moment when something utterly new is taking place, when an utter unknown breaks into our reality. And I wonder how they felt at that summit point of their scholarship, if they were excited to chart another unknown or fearful at leaving everything they had known. I wonder at their courage to step out with such hope to the future and such obedience to the past, honouring not just their own diligence, but all the efforts of those who came before, including the one who wrote the message of his coming in the star set in the fires of creation. And I wonder what they thought, these great thinkers, when they found that the sum of all of those generations of scholarship and wondering and hope was a newborn and his mother in a very ordinary, no-place little town at the very edge of the empire. That the creator of the universe chose to speak most clearly not in maps or charts or rules, not in a violent power, but in the love of a vulnerable child, precarious against a brutal empire and its murderously fearful puppet kings. I wonder how it felt for these men whose whole status was based on gaining knowledge and understanding to be met with the beginnings of a story that they could only have understood in part and snatched in glimpses. And what did Mary think of their arrival? I am very fond indeed of the idea that she and Joseph may have used the rich gifts of the Magi to bargain their way into Egypt as refugees, using them as payment for their sanctuary from slaughter. And I wonder what the Magi did when they returned to their country by a different road. These men of learning and science and archives, who had looked into the eyes of the living God, who had spoken to angels in their dreams. How were they changed? Stanley Havas, bricklayer and theologian, talks about the Magi on returning home as outposts and witnesses, and that all sounds wonderful, but to be changed by such a journey and such an encounter is costly. It is to be made a stranger, to be presented with a challenge of how you keep hold of such a wonderful glimpse of such a cosmos-shattering mystery alive back in your old life. And of course, 
All of this, really, is just a sketch of my own wandering. But this is what the season of Epiphany invites. It's like a window in our church calendar when suddenly we're invited to see our story of salvation anew and slant, strange through the eyes of these strangers. So I invite you, St. Jude, this epiphany season to do some wandering of your own, to be led by the Magi into the mystery of the Incarnation anew, to perhaps embrace your strangeness, our strangeness as Christians in our world, because despite all the tyrannical death-dealing of the powerful that still surrounds us as it did the Holy Family, we are people of hope. We know that through his fearless love, Jesus Christ brings transformation and we are invited to be participants in that transformation by all the ways that we are driven out to share that love and hope in our world and in this corner of northwest London. Amen. Sing never over us all